everyone, this is Pamela Noel again. So today we're going to continue talking about our one year fast for the country of Haiti for the year 2024. We're now in January 2024. Um, you might be seeing this at another month, but I'm going to continue to petition the entire year that we as a nation in the United States, Canada, wherever you are in the world, Europe, Haiti, Dominican Republic, wherever you are, that you will join me on this one year fast for the deliverance of Haiti. We are going to pray that God will break down the walls of witchcraft in Haiti, destroy voodoo, destroy poverty, sickness, death, and all this overall suffering in the country. And we know that prayer and fasting is very powerful. So today we're going to speak a little bit about Esther. So now in Haiti, in, in many nations, we believe that the government ultimately has power and control over the people of a, of a nation. And we're going to see if that is the truth, right? So in Haiti, the notion, the mentality of the Haitian people is that if we have the right president in the government, then the country will be better. And every five years, people are disappointed. They take to the streets. They're burning tires, burning businesses down because they're not happy with the outcome of the president that they put in power. So now we're going to see an example of how God's people were able to turn a bad situation into a good one with prayer and fasting, not because they changed the, the government officials, but because they turned to God in humility and suffering and making our flesh suffer in fasting is an act of humility. And the Bible says that God exalts the humble. So we're going to see an example of how Queen Esther was able to change a bad situation for the Jews and how God changed the entire situation when the people of God responded with humility. Okay, so let's go ahead and start with Esther 3, verses 1 to 6. It says, Sometime later, King Xerxes promoted Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agakite, over all the other nobles, making him the most powerful official in the empire. All the king's officials would bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by, for so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow down or show him respect. Then the palace officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? They spoke to him day after day, but still he refused to comply with the order. So they spoke to Haman about this to see if he would tolerate Mordecai's conduct since Mordecai had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not bow down or show him respect, he was filled with with rage, the most powerful official in the entire empire. So he was filled with rage and he learned, he had learned Mordecai's nationality. So he decided it was not enough to lay hands only on Mordecai alone. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire. So the, after the king, the most powerful government official in the entire empire decided he was going to annihilate the entire Jewish population. And so we would say, oh, let's take to the streets. We need to change that. That's not fair. That's not right. Let's start in Haiti. They would have burned tires, burned, um, you know, businesses, banks, right? That's how we respond when we are, you know, being targeted or there's some sort of injustice going on. We take to the streets. We have our picket signs. Rah, rah, no, we're not going to take this, right? But how does God respond when people respond his way with humility, not pride or destruction, which is an act of rebellion, 
right? And God does not respond very favorably to people who act that way. So what did the Jewish people do? Because obviously they were not annihilated because Jewish people exist today, right? So what did God do and how did the people of God respond to get God to change the situation? Verse 7, so in the month of April, during the 12th year of King Xerxes' reign, lots were cast in Haman's presence. The lots were called Purim to determine the best uh, day and month to take action. And the day selected was March 7, nearly a year later. So they planned for a whole year. This is how we're going to destroy the Jewish people because of his pride. So a government official has decided to annihilate an entire population and we think that people in power are in power. So we're going to see who is actually in control of every situation in a nation. So let's go ahead and, and skip to uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. We're not going to read the whole book of Esther, but let's just look at the key points that we want to talk about today. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 5 says, When Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on burlap and ashes, and went out into the city, crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. And as news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews. They fasted, right? They didn't take to the streets, burning tires with um, picket signs trying to kill the king or trying to kill Haman like we do in Haiti. When we don't like a president, we murder him which is an act of pride and rebellion when God says to submit to governing authorities, but we don't agree with that in Haiti or a lot of other nations. We don't agree with submitting to our government officials. We don't agree with their policies. It's not in scripture that we must be violent in response. So the Jews, they fasted. They wept and wailed, and many people lay in burlap and ashes. When Queen Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed and sent clothing to him to replace the burlap, um, and he refused it. Then Esther sent for Hathach, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed as her attendant. She ordered him to go to Mordecai and find out what was troubling him and why he was in mourning. So Hathach went out to Mordecai in the square in front of the palace gate. Mordecai told him the whole story, including the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. So we're going to go into uh, a few more, a few more chap, uh, verses 15 to 17. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. So this is the queen of a government who's herself is a Jewess, right? And her response was, let's fast about this, right? That was her first reply to Mordecai when she learned of the date that was set to destroy the entire population of the Jewish people. So the Jews are fasting. When she learned about this date that has been set to destroy them, her response was to fast also. Fast for me and myself and my maids are going to fast as well. So go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, three, uh, three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. So he went around and gathered the Jews to come together as a people and fast and pray for their nation, the nation of the Jews. Right. So we're going to see, do government officials have power over people who are humbling themselves in fasting and prayer? 
right? Is the government of Haiti in power and control if we fast as a nation? Not just Haiti, I want to see other people all over the nation, all over the world, come together and fast for this nation to be delivered. And if you want to be a part of that, because I know God is going to do mighty works in Haiti, I would, I would want to see more and more people, even if you're not Haitian, to gather with me. Like Mordecai gathered all the Jews to fast and pray for their population, for their nation to be delivered. I want to see the world. I want to see many people come together as a people of God, even though we're not technically Jewish. Some of, our, some of us might be, but as a people of God to come together fasting and praying for a nation to see supernatural miracles happen for the deliverance of that nation, you want to be a part of that story, right? So let's go to chapter 7. We're going to see how that story ended. Now all the Jews are fasting, including the queen. So chapter 7, 9 and 10 says, Then Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said, Haman has set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall in his own courtyard. He intended to use it to impale Mordecai, the man who saved the king from assassination. Then impale Haman on it. The king ordered. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai and the king's anger subsided. Right. So we're not going to go to, into the details of what exactly angered the king and the situation that turned everything around where now the king is against Haman who promised to pay money to the king and the royal the royalty um and so his plans were approved by the king to pick this specific date for the annihilation of the Jewish people and the Jewish people because they responded with prayer and fasting right do not picketing with the picket signs and angry looting Kmart, Walmart or whatever is going on, burning buildings down like we do in Haiti, burning tires, you know. Um, so prayer and fasting is an act of humility. And so when God sees a people that are that are humble before him, he says he exalts the humble. Right. So because Haman was prideful and he's a government official, so yeah, he's in a high position making decisions like that that were actually approved by the king. So these are government officials who are making decisions to annihilate God's people. And because God's people responded with prayer and fasting, which is an act of humility towards God, they're praying and they're fasting. And God responded by turning the entire situation around in that the very pole that Haman planned to hang Mordecai on, he was hung on that pole. Right. And so we see many examples in the Bible. And we're going to go, we're going to go through that, those examples throughout the year. So today we're going to start with the Queen Esther. And that is a demonstration that we have power over the government if we humble ourselves before the Lord. And, and fasting is one way to do that. And if you've never fasted before, it's very simple. It's to basically give up something you love. Okay. So for example, if you are somebody who eats a piece of toast or bread every single morning, you might decide, okay, on Tuesday mornings, I'm not going to eat bread. Or I'm not going to eat red meat on Saturday nights. Or I'm not going to have coffee on you know, Thursday mornings, just to give up something. If you've never fasted before, do something very simple that you know you can do. Don't, don't make a commitment. Like, I'm not going to eat all day. If you've never done that before, obviously you're going to fail, right? And so when you make a commitment to God, it's important to keep your promises. God hates, um, you know, breaking promises. He hates that, breaking covenant with him. So when you make an agreement with God, like, God, I'm not going to eat rice on, you know, Sunday, whatever it is, um, just decide, and stick with it for the whole year. I have one person agree I'm gonna not eat, you know, breakfast once a month. Whatever it is, a sacrifice is what God 
looks for. He loves a person who is willing to humble himself and say no to themselves. And they're going to sacrifice food for God. And so that is the uh, ministry of fasting. If you've never done it before, it's very rewarding. Um, the Bible says what you do in secret, God will reward you publicly. And so it's not just for Haiti. You fast for your family, your children. If you have sick people in your family, um, you're struggling with finances or trying to find a job or you're sick in your body or whatever it is. There's many, many rewards in fasting. It's an act of humility, the Bible says. And God exalts people to, to, who humble themselves. So I'm thanking you, every person, Haitian or not Haitian, all over the world, who has decided to go on this one-year fasting journey with me because I want to see in 2025 the roads in Haiti built. I want to see gangs disappear, violence destroyed. I want to see schools being built. I want to see peace in the streets, the economy booming. People have jobs, schools, and they're, going, they're sending their children to school. We want to see people have health, hospitals, clinics being built. And I know God can do all things, but God cannot bless a nation under curse because of rebellion, sin, um, idolatry, right? Witchcraft. So we want to see all of those things destroyed so God can bless our nation finally. So I thank you again for joining me on this fast and I will see you again next time. Are you ready to step into your calling and destroy fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety? In Our Victory, God's Glory, author Pamela Noel describes the stop and do nothing else principle that was used by some of the most powerful people in scripture, including David, Moses, Peter, and Daniel. This You Can't Help Yourself book reveals that success in every area of your life lies in one name. Our Victory, God's Glory, was written to support Haiti's elite medical team, a Haitian-American-owned, not-for-profit organization that provides healthcare services to the poor in Haiti. Proceeds from the sale of this book will help support our efforts. The ultimate goal is to build a hospital and provide much-needed medical care services currently unavailable to those with limited access to quality healthcare. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.